Honestly unbalanced. No, Holly, Holly vetoed me singing that. Anyway, welcome. So to give you a little bit of a rationale for this podcast, uh, we're both in the wellness world, Holly and I. Holly does a lot of sound journeying, sound healing, yoga teaching. I'm a yoga teacher, teaching here, there and everywhere at the moment. Uh, and we're exposed to the wonderful wellness industry. We meet a lot of people along the way. And we can't help but notice that sometimes the surface level of this industry is quite glossy and beautiful. And it all seems pretty perfect. And actually, we want to dig under that a little bit and understand the people that we think are succeeding. All the work, perhaps all the stress it took to get them there and actually what their lives really look like on a day-to-day basis uh so maybe through this podcast there'll be some things to learn about and we'll certainly chat some interesting people and maybe you'll realize that you're not alone in how you think and how you feel and the struggles you face uh so yeah fingers crossed you enjoy our little journey uh episode one coming up So our first ever guest on Honestly Unbalanced is the wonderful David Cam. David's London-based, but he's originally from Malaysia. He's got an MA in dance performance and he's a trained architect, but he'd currently class himself as a movement artist advocating play through yoga and mindfulness. David teaches regular classes around London and he's also increasingly taking his work abroad. And he's also managing to fit in studying for a specialist diploma in choreological studies on the side. It's David's mission to encourage communities around the world to move more curiously and less seriously. We so enjoyed chatting to the lovely David and we really hope that you enjoy listening. Here it is. Honestly Unbalanced. Right, cool. David, welcome. <laughs> so, David's here with us in our home in Highgate, but David's going to go and lift some weights in a second. From what yes. I understand, I know David as a beautiful dancer, a stunning movement artist, but not as a a weightlifter. Mm. Where, where's this come about from? Um, I think it's just a realization of uh, what my body has forgotten. I think the body is such a constantly changing state mm. that when you do too much of one thing, uh, your body kind of sends signals to say that, okay, what you don't use, you don't need anymore, so goodbye. <laughs> and as a dancer, you know, I think uh, my background in dance training has always uh, prepared me for that mindset and I guess body set that um, I should be able to express in as many different ways that I can. Mm. And having been in the, the yoga industry for so long and really you know, loving the idea of uh, the practice of yoga has gotten me to a place that's almost too calming and too soft that I've completely lost any sense of explosivity, any sense of um, like suddenness in my movement. Mm. Because what I share as a teacher is also very much slow, gradual, mm. considered movement. But there's still space for things that are more, you know, from the dynamic explosive end. Because if you have to run, for instance, yeah. I, I can't really calmly run. <laughs> no, so yeah. how can I build that back in my body to, yeah. to remember it? Yeah. And do you think this will come into your teaching as well? Oh, okay. yeah, I guess my sure. question is, as teachers, we can be, we can have our niche. Mm. And we know we live in a world full of a million teachers all doing different things. Mm. Like, do we need to be everything to everyone? Or is this explosivity going to be just part of your personal practice? Mm. Or do you want 
all of these things of explosivity, gentleness to be covered yeah. in your teaching? I felt this past few years my teaching has really gone through a big change in the way I attach myself to my, my classes. Um, I think uh, just very typically, you know, coming from, again, uh, the, uh, the knowledge of having danced in the beginning is very much about the, the sequences I've, I've found mm -hmm. in myself. And, and then I've realized how that's kind of just me feeding my ego in some ways mm -hmm. because great, you know, like people are, cre are kind of going through a sequence that I have thought up in my mind, but really what, what real impact does it uh, create on my students than the possibility of having 10 David looking yogis <laughs> by the end of it, you yeah. know, in the best case scenario in some ways. So like, what what am I to do if I were to continue in this route? So then more and more I'm trying to just see, okay, how can I simply be there as a, as a prompt? Which is why lately a lot of my stuff is uh, very much free form movement and um, is that our doorbell? I think so. This is so rare. I ordered an axe. It's your fault, Adam. I didn't... Oh. <laughs> Do you know what? This is... I'm, I'm a bit in my head at the moment. Yeah. It was like coronavirus and stuff. I'm oh like, the whole gosh. world's going to fall apart. I've like stocked up an antiseptic. I'm like, but what if, it's like, what if there was some kind of apocalypse? I need yeah. weapons. Holly doesn't, approve. Holly doesn't approve of any of this. So why an axe? Well, I think it's practical. If I need to chop firewood, <laughs> there's a forest nearby. It's kind of, is it an axe hollow? It's not an axe. No, it's protein. It's, protein. It's, it's, ten, <laughs> it's ten cartons of protein. Balance. Right. Thanks, hollow. Oh, so funny. Right. Back to it. Back to mm. it. Did you have a question? Okay. We'll start off. Are you, did you have a follow-up question to that? I don't. I'm lost now. So let's. Where were you? Where were we before? No, we were mm. talking about like David's. David mm. trying to create many, many yogis in his image. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that. That was like where I started with, and I, I, I have to say that at that point of my awareness, I genuinely did believe in um, kind of sharing my my flows as a way to break people's idea of what a sequence could be. Mm. Uh, and I know, you know, like having been teaching for a few years now that I'm never going to be one who's, uh, say, as, as you're so good and, you know, you're very focused in alignment. Mm. I'm not I'm not really looking into that route. But my main thing is, how can we get people to honor their intuition? Mm. The same way, you know, when you wake up in bed every morning, I always say this to my students, like you don't necessarily have a yoga teacher by your bedside. <laughs> no, no. Depending on certain... You'd be concerned. Yeah. No, no, we do. I guess we do. Yeah, bed. exactly. This is what yeah. I mean. And, and me too, you know, with, with my partner. So then, you know, if uh, most of us, we don't, but you naturally will find a stretch that feels good, you know, mm, after you yawn. Exactly. That. Like animals have, do. Like exactly. You see animals do their own little exactly. thing. Dogs do their yeah. little back stretch. Yeah. yeah. So then I find it quite uh, funny sometimes when, um, when yogis come in and almost kind of really depend on his teachers to almost feed them like what do I do now what do I do now mm. when they have all this intelligence and as much as you know I may know about you know anatomy and the the, the, the forms that we are uh, kind of um, inhabiting in classes I still don't fully know what they experience mm. they are the only one who can be accountable for what they feel in their body it's helping people to find their exactly. own best teacher isn't it that's our job as a exactly. teacher 
So then it's become more how how much can I step back and be more of a prompt,、mm-hmm. which is why this whole Barry's thing, this you know weightlifting、mm-hmm. thing, came about. Because I feel at the moment my work as a teacher is to address as many blind spots I have myself,、mm-hmm. including things that I have resistance to, so that I can stay as neutral as I can in the space where I'm holding, where the students can then be free to explore whatever they want.、Mm-hmm. So then, right now,、um, in terms of my classes, all of my classes are open level because I wanna. Kind of find a way to have even the most experienced、uh, yogis l- be in the same room、uh, with first-time yogis, where I really leave them、uh, to choice. If you want to flow about, you flow. If you want to stay completely still and find a classical form, you do that. But what what is it that you need? And from there, it's quite interesting seeing you know how the students are gradually becoming more and more confident in their their language, and you could see they they really make informed choices. Because again, even for myself personally, if I've had a long day of running about, I really just want to stay still,、mm-hmm. and that's when when I practice yoga personally, when I attend. Classes, although my classes are very noodly and wiggly, I go to form-based classes、mm. because I know that's what I I need. That's what you need.、Yeah. If I go for the noodly ones, I'm just gonna be a pile of like. <laughs> But do you generally the teach、floor. the noodly classes then? Yes, yes, because I think that's what I that's where my perspective、yeah. uh, kind of resonates towards. Can I ask? Sorry,、mm. you, so you did architecture, didn't、yes. you? So how do you feel that that influenced your the way you teach now? Because I think I mean I don't know、mm. much about architecture, but I think it's all kind of straight lines and black and. White and、uh, inside the box, and I know、yeah. on your website you said you like to kind of go outside、mm. the lines and experiment、yeah. and create. So how do you think that's influenced you?、Uh, and what you teach? I'm really grateful for my my experience in my architecture degree because it it really allowed because it's after all a creative field. It's allowed me to look outside of the box in the way I think,、mm. and、uh, more importantly, in the way that I think spatially. Right. And that is so important because when、mm-hmm. it comes to、uh, teaching yoga, I'm not teaching a room of dancers. When I teach a room of dancers, it's super easy. I would just be like, "Yeah, just move,"、yeah. and they would just do their thing、yeah. with not much guidance. If I were to say that in a room full of yogis who may not have any experience in in dance or just free form movement, they would get paralyzed. It's terrifying for them. It's terrifying. They would just be like, "Where do I go? I would leave. <laughs>、exactly. I would leave the room. Oh, please, can we do it to Adam?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would feel you because yeah, because you. Yeah, basically asking someone to just really step out of their comfort zone and go somewhere that they don't even know where to start from. It's、Breaking、quite overwhelming.、Boundaries. Yeah, I liken that to you know recently I had to start looking for a lawyer because I'm in the midst of buying a house and I'm like. Where do I start? You know, it's、mm. such a foreign industry. It's so, so it's kind、adult. of that. I know it's, it's so adult. adult. Like <laughs> <laughs> so then, because of that, you know, I think <clears throat> by being able to spatially think,、mm. I'm able to then really step into this place of being able to prompt people in how they can experience space.、Mm. So then, when I invite them to go into freeform movement, I would then you know guide them towards things like, okay,、um, you know. Notice your textural journey. Like, is there a way you can sense、uh, the texture of the mat and how that's different to texture of the wooden floor to your clothings? And do you feel the texture of the breeze that you're creating as you move?、Mm. Can you write your name as you move through、uh, the pathways in your arms? What if you look、uh, at your palms? What if you look away from your palms? What would that create? How can you move from a place of pleasure, which、uh, you know allows you to feel good in your body? And again, pleasure、uh, is different from body to body. It may mean stillness. It may mean movement. Mm. So then, it's just giving you more concrete ways to hold on to this pretty intangible concept of what do you mean by just move? Yeah, 
Yeah. I just got a whole sensory experience then. I kind of wanted yeah. to stop, <laughs> yeah, start yeah, moving exactly. in my chair. It's really interesting. Mm. I don't, yeah. It was, what's, it's like that thing, what's that thing called? It's sound porn. Sound porn. Like AMS, sound it's AMS, porn. AMSR. Oh, it's it's a new thing. I've not heard of that like, before. It's, 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 it's big in music videos now, like the sound of oh, plastic popping or oh. fingers oh, okay. scraping yes. down some yeah. skin. And it's like, it's meant to be quite but sensual. Then, then like you say, every, everyone's pleasure point is different, isn't it? So scraping your fingers down a chalkboard mm. might be nice for someone, horrible for someone. Else. This is actually what I've learned, uh, like one of my biggest learning curve last year, because I've been like, um, you know, having come from the creative route, what I've been really zoning into is this idea of play and, and games, because there's something about introducing games in class that immediately got people out of their inhibitions. Mm. And there's no longer any sense of like, but, but what should I do? Everyone just went to their kid self. Yeah. They'd stop judging. Everyone's in a plain field. There's no like, oh, these are the experienced bendy ones and mm. these are the first timers. Back to they childhood. Were all back to square one. What, what do you mean by game? What kind of game? So I would play you know, interactive stuff like um, you would see elements of you know what a lot of mobility practitioners are doing now. So uh, interacting with uh, the bricks. So one one that I've been playing this past month is you having to balance a brick on your foot and lying on your back. You have to find a way to get onto your bed. And that mm. really forces the students to feel and see through their skin. Because at some point, you're not going to be able to see your, your foot. Uh, so then how can you proprioceptively sense what your hip, your knee, your ankle have to do to still balance that break? Mm. And for me, that's a lot more yoga than, you know, uh, the forms, in my opinion, just because then people are really sensing what they have to do for their specific body to allow that to happen. Mm. If you're born with really open hips, you might be able to find this way to get to your belly. Yeah. If you're born with long toes, it's not wrong for you to squeeze, you know, the, the brick and go through that. They are all ways of being resourceful. And, and that's that's the magic about, about play. But then when I, last year, I experimented with doing some kind of a day retreat uh, with my, my teacher. And um, I'm really grateful that it was a whole group of uh, really mindful practitioners that I know I can trust in the, the feedback of the experience after. And so I just went like, completely nuts on we're just gonna play games like no yoga forms whatsoever just pure games but in my mind that's my yoga and then when I did that uh, and then we had like this open circle to talk about okay how 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 is that for you and there was a a portion of people who are like I love that I really enjoy that I've never been as present in my life there's also a good portion of people who are like wow that's really confrontational mm. yeah. I really I can't quite handle that and this is what made me realize Holly that yeah, play is so different in um, from people to people as well yeah. as we've said in pleasure. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and I've been researching this a lot. And um, you know, the, they say there's seven types of play. And uh, in the way we like, you know, people who like to sweat, we like physical play. There's also competitive play. There's uh, directorial plays. Uh, there's organizational play. People who like to organize weddings. There's collector okay. play. <laughs> yeah. There's um, you know, so a joker play. People who like yeah. to play. That's a way of playing as well. There's so many ways of playing here that then really made me think yeah gosh I, I really need to step back and this is when I started introducing a lot more stillness in class where I'm like okay maybe your play is really just to like stay in silent because the play is mental nothing about you moving around mm. 
So it's how can I strip away any sense of judgment in what my students are doing and only focus on going to them if I see that they're obviously injuring themselves. If yeah. I see a, um, a dynamic of their movement that is sudden that may suggest like a, oof, a sharp pain or something, mm. then I'll just check in on them and just go, how are you doing? You know, like, uh, are you okay? And if they're fine, I'll leave them to it because they're adults, they know their bodies and mm. I want to like, I want to empower them to to trust their bodies by me trusting them first. Mm. I've never mm. met a play expert before. So <laughs> interesting. <laughs> and that's what makes me think. Like, you, so it's quite a bold decision then mm. to think, I'm going to teach yoga, yeah, but in a completely different way. Like yeah. I've met many yoga people and I know yeah. people that are quite creative in their sequencing, mm. but never anyone who's so explicit in this is play, mm. this is my form mm. of yoga yeah. and really owning it in that sense. Mm. How did you make that transition? transition from yeah just doing yoga as a practitioner like mm. I met you maybe like five years ago mm. in class mm. to teaching yoga then teaching your complete own style of yoga that's bold yeah I guess um but we you know one thing I always try to hold myself accountable for is that the main the number one reason why I teach is not for anyone else but me <laughs> like I teach to be accountable for the need to constantly learn. And so every time I teach, I always try my best to remind myself that I'm not presenting anything. I'm not giving any solutions. I'm just inviting people to see that, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm exploring. And because of that, I always make it a point that I need to teach from my present truth, mm. from my level of awareness. And when something stops working for me, I just can't, I can't see how I can then share that. And this is why, you know, I my background in yoga was I was trained in rocket and then in Ashtanga. So I came from really structural, you know, quite like mm. uh, firm, uh, form-shaped type uh, disciplines. Yeah, rocket's and playful though, right? It's playful. Yeah. And that's what's really ingrained uh, this idea of play. And mm. I've just decided to really run with that and yeah. see what if you really take that and go, like go and give people that, that freedom that they need. Because in the end, you know, like, I, I feel in terms of asana practice, you are metaphorically trying to prepare people for the seat of meditation. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's that, you know? So the means of it, I really feel like it's up to different people to see what works for them. And like I said in the beginning, the body constantly changes. At this moment, my yoga practice is giving myself the time to go and, you know, be explosive with my weightlifting. I've been singing because I know voice is something I'm so aloof from. Mm. Uh, and I've been um, doing lots of body work and um, recently psychotherapy sessions as well. Everyone should do that. Everyone should do that. It's yeah. important, isn't it? So yeah, like all of these things just to kind of be like, okay, this is what I feel eases me into a place where I can actually uh, be in stillness. So then that has become a yoga. And more and more, I think, you know, in, in the yoga world, we, we keep talking about but that this thing, that yoga is a lifestyle, right? It's not, it's not uh, contained in class. And I want that to already be uh, shared within the class, saying mm -hmm. that, yeah, it can be very formless. It can be very much your definition. The main thing is the awareness and like the, 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 the choices that you, you know you're, you're making. And, getting that power back, reclaiming the space to know why you're doing what. Mm. My, my question there then is, mm. so you, you've decided to kind of go down this route mm. and it's working for you. But not only have you done that, 
but you've been successful with it and you're actually teaching in really established respected studios that have like a very strike in Darba, Tryoga mm. and then other places you've, you, you, you teach and you're teaching internationally increasingly. Mm. Like how have you managed to persuade people in those studios <laughs> that mm. this, this is still kind of yoga? Because I've never met yeah. anyone doing that stuff in mm. traditional studios. Because mm -hmm. it's very easy, for, not easy, but it could be impossible that you decided to create your own thing, mm. but ended up just renting your own space out. Mm. But you've managed to make it work mm. in legitimate places. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, how, yeah. How did um, that go? I have to, like, I want to be really honest in my experience of this all. <clears throat> when I first uh, got invited to teach in the bigger studios, it, it worked in different ways. I think, uh, say, at Endawa, um, for example, that one, I just really resonate to, with them as a community. I started off as a karma yogi, and I really, really, like, you know, if, if there's any teachers listening to this podcast, I really recommend you do that because you have such an elevated appreciation to what goes behind the scenes, mm. you know, all the cleaning of the mat, the logistics behind it, the scheduling, and, like, just, you know, the reception is what they do. And I think you need to always remember that and not kind of take your position too much into a place of privilege. Yeah. Like, you know, there's so many things happening that contributes to a student's overall experience. I think that's so important. It we, is. I think teachers have this sense that they just it turn is. up and teach and should get all the money, yeah. <laughs> almost. Yeah. Like, not understanding the insurance, the licensing, yeah. the massive staffing, all the work mm. that goes into that lovely safe space mm. that's there for you when you just arrive and teach a class. Exactly. Were you a so teacher then, at this point when you were helping out then? Um, I was very new. I, I think it was just my first year out, mm. uh, out from my teacher training. Mm -hmm. And you know, I just uh, graduated from my dance training as well. So pretty much broke. So mm. if that meant, you know, if being a karma yogi also meant I was able to <clears throat> kind of collect... Um, kind of free passes to classes and workshops especially, um, that's my CPD, you know, I can't afford like thousands mm. of pounds to yeah. kind of go for like another training, yeah. but then they have incredible uh, workshops uh, offered and Dava. so I thought, you know what, like this is a great opportunity, so mm -hmm. I'll just keep doing that. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and then because I, I love that community and I just, you know, being so spatial, I really love that space. Like there's something about the wood it's and beautiful. the high ceiling that mm. I loved that I, just made it a point to pursue it. And I tell myself, the worst thing that could happen is that they say no, that's mm -hmm. it. So just just ask, you know? So then I just asked and, you know, um, like a few times, because I'm well aware of my position. I'm not, I haven't ticked the box. I haven't had so many years of experience mm -hmm. whatsoever. All I'm asking is give me a chance if you are open to the, the idea of it. And um, one day, you know, they, they just opened um, they just offered me this opportunity to audition. So I did. And I knew that, you know, when I have the chance to audition, I just do my thing. And if people say that, you know, it's not a great fit, fate, you know, fine. Thank you so much for agreeing to see me. Mm -hmm. That's all I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I care for in some yeah. ways, just agreeing. Um, but, you know, it somehow worked in that favor. And it, in terms of actually being able to teach there regularly, I, I guess in some ways I lucked out because, um, Again, I guess this is again how, how we approach teaching now. Like I try my best to be as present as I can and really be there for, for everyone every time I enter a space. And it just so happened that the owner of Indaba came to one of the classes that I, I covered. And he 
just um he was just really really kind i didn't even know that he was the owner and only by the end he came and chatted to me and said that he really enjoyed my approach and he said he's you know never felt anything like that and since then he's built such a trust in in, in me that um they they just gave me the liberty to do do what i want and in all honesty i have to say like taking the leap to just go you know what i'm gonna play with these like freeform stuff it it definitely impacted my my class numbers Mm-hmm. I even now, very truthfully speaking, I don't have high numbers, and I also think that's because of the nature of the people I attract. Because I always tell them, I need you to widen your your avenues, like think wide, go to other people, and when I say other people, not just other yoga classes, go do things that you haven't really done mm-hmm. before. And because of that, you know, I feel like my my students, the people who are really connected to me, they are the floaters. Mm-hmm. They go around. Yeah, they're not committed to me, mm-hmm. and in some ways, yeah, I guess it hurts um, <clears throat> from a business perspective. But I feel happy enough that I've mm. been able to leave that seat for them to to open up. Yeah. Yeah. Commercially, that is not good. <clears throat> it's not. I, you want yeah. students to come to your class, <laughs> exactly. Your class only. Subscribe. Is, <laughs> that's the thing, and this no, is why no. I have to say I'm so 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 grateful for these <laughs> studios and with Tri Yoga as well. Like I, I'm definitely under the five years teaching bracket, mm. but you know they have agreed to see me and just uh, they gave me the opportunity. And then again, that's just from feedback. I built the class, but even now. All these classes, even in the bigger studios, they're not the the most packed. I guess again, it's off peak um, hours. That's by choice because again, I feel like I attract the 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 people that resonate with me most in like amongst mm-hmm. freelancers. So I stick with that. Mm-hmm. But um, I I do definitely get experiences of. Um, Uh, feedback from students. I get people leaving all the time. I also get people who uh, then would share feedback saying, "This is not yoga," or like, "Do they actually come up to you at the end, or like during?" Um, that's a mix. So oh. there are you, you get people throwing tantrums in their <laughs> own way. You also get <laughs> oh direct reports from the receptionist. Wow. You get uh, uh, emails sometimes. Yeah. But again, I'm like, okay, like I'm. I always believe in. This is how I also view artwork. I'd rather stir a response in someone than to have someone leave feeling like, eh, I kind of forgot what I did. Yeah, yeah. Make, them, make them remember. I'd rather religiously hate something or really like yeah. something or just at least I'm thinking about it. Yeah. And so if that's their response at the moment, all I can say is I I, I thank you for mm. sharing that with me. Yeah. But you know know that you know this this may be a question for you to consider. Yeah. And if I'm I'm not your your teacher, totally cool. Mm-hmm. But this is what I do. And if if this is not where you're at. Stay Thanks true for to giving me a chance. Yeah, uh, but find find your teacher. Have you always taken <laughs> feedback so well? Um, I guess. I mean, um, it's it's double edged. Yeah. It's very double edged. I think I feel quite blessed with um, being quite open minded. Uh, so I I always value feedback, even if it's students. Teachers, I value feedback because I think uh, there's always something that they say that could help me. Critically reflect upon what I have offered. This is because you know, like um, you know, as a teacher, you don't you don't have the luxury anymore of having another teacher kind of really tell you uh, in a class what you've done and what you could have like an actual like, mentor. considered an actual mentor. Mm. And even even if you have mentors, you talk about things that are um, outside. They don't necessarily come into your class Indeed. and observe. You know, so then the only way of getting feedback. For me, is through 
through these things, you know, client feedback as well as, you know, teachers who, who come to my class, great, perfect. Uh, but then what I find from students is anything that they say, there's still some level of truth, even if it's not mine, it's their truth. So then I would then go through the process of, okay, what what is this person trying to say? If it's on them, then at least I know, okay, that's, that's on them. It's nothing much that I could do, fine. But if it's something like, I don't know what I'm doing in this class, then it's a question of me thinking, okay, have I been clear in giving them the freedom, but still giving them kind of a, like a bit of a guide as to what I said about spatial thinking? Mm -hmm. Have I given them enough like guidance into getting where they are at? Or have I just really like left them off in, in the abyss and they're just completely lost? Mm -hmm. So I try to see that because again, you know, I'm trying to learn from uh, the nature of subjectivity. Everyone thinks differently. I will never know. There could be the wackiest person just mm -hmm. because I know sometimes I have wacky thoughts too. Mm. So everything, I need to consider how everything has a level of truth, at least in their bodies, so I can then see what I can um, address in my teaching so that it has minimized blind spots. Indeed. I think, it's, so come on. I was going to say, it sounds like you, I, you must have done a lot of work on yourself to get to a point where you're not taking it personally, because I think at some mm. point in our lives we all feel, well, I know I am filled with self-doubt, you know, a lot of the time or have been. Mm. So have there been times in your life where you've thought this isn't going to work or this is yeah. or I'm a failure or this isn't good enough or this is what people want? I absolutely have off days, even now. And like, you know, the fact that we, we talk now, like I always say conversations can be such a therapeutic thing. Yeah. And um, it's about stepping back and realizing, huh, okay, this is why I'm doing it. And you, you remind yourself of that. Mm. And this is why you know, I've been gravitating to things like uh, psychotherapy, journaling, because you then let your thoughts come out and um you know i definitely have like such down days where i feel like why am i doing this again i really could have easily just gone to a nine to five thing you know like why just why <laughs> yeah. but i think if i were to be really really uh truthful to myself this is why i'm actually really curious about just this idea of yeah can can i can i create a space where everyone can coexist and everyone is still finding pleasure that's, I guess, my biggest like question, and I've not got it. Uh, I've not gotten it all figured out, mm. but that's what makes it interesting in a way. We're all a work in progress, aren't we? Yeah, and like <laughs> you know, every time I get lost um, <clears throat> in my personal compass, I always go back to this line, which I still don't know who actually coined it, mm. <laughs> but it really worked for me. Yeah. <clears throat> and it says, "The creative poverty of not yet knowing is an invitation to play." And creative poverty of not, of not yet, yet knowing is the invitation to play. Beautiful, mm. and I just feel like you know, as adults, we get so overwhelmed by like, gosh, I've got to know everything, and especially as teachers, you feel like, gosh, I need to be the bearer of knowledge. <laughs> and when you get to that point, you get so uh, pressured. Yeah. Uh, but how can we turn it on its head and go? You know what the like the things that I don't know? How can that be the drive for me to keep exploring? Yeah, What's well, that it's, you know, I mean, it's so say. many philosophies. So this many. idea that. The, the more experience you get, the more knowledgeable you get, the more mm. your questions should outnumber your answers. Yeah, that's yeah. It. And, and that is a motivating force, this desire mm. to know why, and the desire to keep asking questions mm. is, a, yeah. is a real motivating force. Mm. But coming back to kind of what you just said there about, you know, you have these low moments. Mm. Are there things that trigger those? Are there times or situations that, that, that do mm. in some way suddenly drain you or mm. make you wonder actually, 
why am I like, I get it often on the tube like yesterday mm-hmm. seven oh, tube journeys tube. I'm thinking oh. why <laughs> why am I here to the doing country. this yeah. coronavirus uh, everything's hectic have you seen Tell the amount of disinfectant we have around the house by the way <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Adam I, like bulk buyed yesterday my, my view is <laughs> bought. the worst case scenario I have disinfectant that I will use at some point great yeah. the axe buying <laughs> was overkill that's more I know apocalyptic scenario reason one was good and tell him your reason one for buying the axe I know reason one for buying an axe it's a beautiful axe it was like a 150 pound axe okay Uh, (laughs) I would like to live a life Mm. where I need to use an axe but that kind of yeah but that kind of sounds like maybe it's like an apocalyptic I don't want apocalypse <laughs> yeah. but I would like to live in a nice country state you want to be a farmer I chop wood yeah. and that's kind of an aspirational reason behind that yeah. but let's rewind yeah. let's, right. get, let's, track let's now. get out of the coronavirus apocalypse <laughs> and come back to that. those things that might yeah. slightly I guess not trigger you that's uh, you know, a tough key. word but yeah throw you off key yeah. mm. um, so I recently found out that um well, my primal astrology is an ostrich. <laughs> well, hang on, hang on. Primal what is astrology? primal astrology? So someone sent me this link and um, it says that um, uh, this, is, this astrology combines your Western horoscope with your Chinese zodiac. Ooh. So I'm born in the year of a monkey and I'm a, a, a Taurus. Okay. And so they, they merge that. And somehow, voila, I'm an ostrich. So who is this person and why are they to this? No, and honestly, it could be like the most like, you know, unfounded thing. Yeah. You know, but it's, I, it again, sounds it, David. Let's I get, know. Him, honestly, let's get him on the podcast. But this is the thing, like, it, like in anything, I, I just like take it as, okay, like let's see how I respond to this message, however unfounded, yeah. because it's the, that's the thing, you know, I, I always believe in wisdom, not really being the person who offers it, but the 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 receiver being ready to receive it that's why then anything can be wisdom almost mm-hmm. in some ways mm-hmm. when people start interpreting uh, interpreting uh, words or, or anything in a much deeper level mm. um, and so anyway I'm an ostrich okay. and as part of the description uh, they they really hit the nail on the head and they said that ostriches thrive when they stick to their own rhythm and when they get carried by um, the rhythm of others that's when they get lost and ostriches are people who um, just do their own thing so that the others may then be encouraged to you know be inspired by their rhythm but ostriches are not born to be strong leaders or followers it's just an entity (gasps) kind of like a meerkat yeah, sort of, I guess. I don't know what that no, came from. No, no, no. Meerkats me, cats are pack animals. Edited out. Back to the ostrich. <laughs> but yeah, so then I think that really hit it for me because uh, in many ways, this is what I mean by uh, my open-mindedness can uh, be such a double-edged sword because I take uh, people's words with such validity mm. that uh, sometimes uh, I feel like, oh, okay, then I'll follow someone. I like people. follow someone else. Like a people-pleaser kind of quality? Or? Yes, that's one aspect of it okay. but beyond people pleasing is towards uh, because I really see such truth in what they say as well right in their approach and so then I would then get a little bit hazy in okay. my personal view because I really do support uh, where they see what uh, their philosophy okay. is as well I think well. that's a lovely way to be though because it means that if you believe in one thing so strongly mm. you're so closed off to anything else being possible mm. so it's again 
it's double edged like, yeah. as you yeah. said like, it's, yeah. it's kind of lovely to be open to other ideas yeah. but yeah. if you Still can't commit to your thing your truth, and exactly. you believe your truth and then you're is, always going to get pulled yeah, off and exactly. always going to feel out of place mm, this is why you know like uh, when I first started uh, you know with all this creative flow and stuff uh, every like every one of my peers were like you need to go to a Shiva Ray training and I was like okay okay you know like I I hear many lovely stuff about her and I kind of know what she does and yeah I could see a threat of uh, familiarity but I never felt the the, the draw urge yeah mm. the, the the magnet mm-hmm. to go and learn from her mm. and i think it's because of that because i feel like we're hitting somewhere similar and if i were to go oh. towards training with her i almost feel like oh gosh like i might blur Not her passion with my into. vision mm. and then the differences then get so blurred that I become another Shiva. Yeah, you lose you. You lose all the things. It's not bad because she's incredible, but I like you know I feel my work is to really find myself Mm -hmm. so that I can then share um, an honest angle of what yoga is for me to encourage the others to then share that truth. Mm -hmm. And so you know whenever I look for trainings, I again look for the the blind spots, things that Mm -hmm. I just never really consider, and I'm like "Hmm, actually. And sometimes you know now when I uh, pick trainings, um, which are definitely not. restricted within yoga, I go by people. If I feel a connection with this person, whatever it is that they offer, I'm like, hmm, I, I need to hang out with you because mm-hmm. I know I will learn something. Mm-hmm. Now I would just go and it would be learning by osmosis. Just by being in their presence, I just could get something. And that, that really relates to what you said before about how you advise your students to yeah. not just do your thing. No. But to actually incorporate a few things you like or a few teachers that you resonate with mm. in some way mm. and take the best bits mm-hmm. that work for you and I said that's to my students as well like yeah. I will teach you the anatomy mm. but then if you want something more spiritual go to that class yeah. if you want yeah. something more movement based go to David if you want something mm. faster go to a rocket class mm. I think it's important that Help we encourage that and not just way. become advocates of one teacher because I think the moment you just have a one guru you are completely blind oh, yeah. and you're not you're thing. not getting information from elsewhere you're not getting mm. competing sources mm. yeah. and one thing i love about my teacher like jason crandall mm. is he will say like this year we had a spinal surgeon on the training mm, and that thing i said last year completely ignore it <laughs> mm. like, like multiple mm. disciplines mm. informing us and that's the beauty of living in the modern world isn't it it is the fact yeah. that you can go to a training mm. by a completely random person who's from another country so mm. easily and then another one and then another one and another one yeah that's like someone uh, do do you guys know Nathan Mervold no I don't even know how you'd spell Nathan Mervold is is he Norwegian (laughs) Um, I don't know actually but apparently he's one of the smartest guys and he used to be the CTO of Microsoft wow oh okay yeah and anyway like he 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 was a part he was interviewed in a Netflix documentary on creativity mm. and he said something so profound and he said that uh, so many of us learn more and more about less and less until we know nothing <laughs> that, I think that was the quote I was thinking of really? that was exactly okay. it that's weird I that's 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 that. so uh, some of us you know tend to learn more, more and more. more about less and less until, until we, we know, know nothing, nothing. Oh. I read that the other day oh, well, like that's that weird round. Mm. yeah that's brilliant because we're we're never going to know and also I always think we always want to know everything but how boring would it be to actually know everything (laughs) but there is a line like we do want some people playing devil's advocate to know a lot about one thing well you know everything Mm. don't you no no (laughs) but like I want I want if I had cancer 
hopefully I don't. But I would want the cancer specialist to know a hell of a lot about cancer. I don't want that cancer doctor to also be doing contemporary dance in their spare time and painting and working in a music shop just because they enjoy it and just doing one cancer shift a week. Oh my God, how did it get to this? I I think, because there was another quote Mm. uh, that was spreading a while ago. The world doesn't need more engineers and electricians and town planners. Mm. It needs more healers Mm. and you probably didn't say magicians, but Mm. kind of the same. And I'm like, yes, but at the same time, no, like actually what will save the world probably is engineers yeah. <laughs> is engineers uh, I think, I, I think got, it's a mix we're on balance yeah. We yeah coexistence again like I guess we just need to get rid of the the, the need for anything like so specific mm. and you know I've actually chatted to a doctor friend and she was uh, I guess partly venting about her frustration on like what she wanted to specialize in and mm. she she is so um, she is so passionate about general surgery mm. because uh, she general surgeons are the the integrators they mm. inter- because they know generally about all of the different like niches and so they connect and this is what i mean by you know say like in a in a cancer situation cancer shifts you know it could be from the lung into you know somewhere else mm-hmm. and into somewhere else into somewhere else again and what she was uh, saying like from uh uh, her experience was that I think you know she was talking about like a foot expert in a doctor mm. and they know like billion things about the big toe yeah but they actually forgot how it actually connects to the yeah. ankle and the oh, knee indeed yeah which has an effect See, on the rest of why, the body yeah. And, yeah. I, I had like a doctor in a training I taught recently mm. and she was mm. like yeah I know every ligament <laughs> but I've got no idea how like functional anatomy mm. and so when I have a patient and just generally, like, I don't yeah. know how to really advise them. I guess we, you, know, you do refer to a specialist and you mm. refer to a physio. Mm. But it's interesting, actually, to get a flavour exactly. of complements. I think we this. might have gone a little bit off track here. So as interesting as this conversation is, I have a question that I want to yes. ask you. Yeah. Um, so you, your thing is getting people outside of their comfort zones. You've touched mm. on that and how you mm. like to break boundaries and get people, yeah. you know, literally off the mat as well. Where do you find yourself off your com- outside of your oh. comfort zone? Singing for sure. And That's you just started singing. Oh, well, sing, well, sing for us. Were you doing it? Go. Sing a song. Proper pressure. But um, I think that just because of the way I use my voice. Yeah. So that definitely gets me out of my comfort zone. Um, I have to say weightlifting in the beginning. It was very like I almost puked the first time I went in there oh, really? right, in a boot camp. Is that Barry's? Barry's, Barry's yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. but then you know gradually you, you you got used to it. And I wouldn't say that I'm I'm pushing my comfort zone there anymore. Um, now I think at the forefront, what is really pushing my comfort zone is um, outside of singing, which I've gotten used to, is committing myself to these psychotherapy sessions. One and secondly to actively participate in conversations around inclusion and masculinity and um, being within the gay community mm-hmm. like all of that which is also a part of me which I sometimes can forget and I think um, many times it's because I ident- identify so much as a, as a boy I almost uh, became ignorant of these layers of me and when I become ignorant to these layers, I personally detach myself from these conversations because I don't feel like I belong. Mm. But uh, when I don't feel that like I belong, 
now I've realized that that's more the reason why I need to speak up. Because if I feel that way, there's so many other people who also feel that way. Mm. So how can I um, then uh, share my experience so that the others are encouraged to also see that there are other perspectives. There is always a coexistence. There's no just one impression of something. And I, th I think that's a, a big thing because many people tend to self-detach. You know, we don't, no one actually says you're not allowed here. Yeah, there are implicit messages that may suggest that. Yeah. But in the end, I feel it's us as individuals who make that choice to self-eject. And it's, it's a route of least <laughs> yeah. resistance, isn't it? it yes. Like run into a brick wall or to an obstacle exactly. course or just jump ship. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, this is where I... I find the biggest discomfort of like, oh, because I really, especially being an introvert, I really just want to shy away from these conversations. Yeah. But then I try, I still fail, like all the time, you know, like staying quiet. Yeah. But then when I feel like, okay, I, I'm, I'm ready, I have something that I feel may matter, I try my best to share it. Do you find it get, sorry, Adam, go on, you go. I was going to say, you call yourself an introvert there. Mm. And I've met a few yoga teachers that are introverts and mm. I call myself like a situational extrovert perhaps <laughs> yeah so i just was that hard for like when you started teaching yeah did you think i'm going to be a teacher and i'm going to hold space for mm. this audience of people or did you do it just to enhance your knowledge mm. like were you confident that you were going to be able to teach a room somehow i was really uh i've I have to say, I probably start out more confident than where I am now. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, now I've really opened my mind. Yeah, so mm. then I'm like, yes, I'm quietly confident, mm. but I'm also very wary of, okay, like there may be things that I've really overlooked. Mm. Whereas in the past, I'm just really confident and like, this is what I know. I'm just going to share it like just yeah. out of enthusiasm. So again, it's never been a, like, this is what I think is right, so let's just do this. But it's more... I'm really excited to share this with you guys. Let's mm. let's let's go and see what happens. Okay. So it, it's that kind of you know, and like I said, you know, I've always seen my teaching as here's where 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 I am at. So let's see what happens. Uh, so I never felt any pressure of needing to present. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess the the, the teaching of it, uh, I remembered my first few uh, months when I did a few like very casual mentorings. You know, like senior teachers coming to my class. There was a feedback that I tend to perform. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, ah, oh, interesting. Like, where, where's that, that persona coming yeah, in? And, you know, more and more when I think about it, I think it's kind of because of the fact that I'm introverted. So I need to almost, like, how Beyonce has a Sasha Fierce, right? Her alter ego, I know. Do you have a name? Oh, Ostrich. No, yeah, maybe Ostrich. I'm lost. So Beyonce uh, has a stage name. And okay. her stage name is Sasha, Sasha Fierce. Fierce. Have you not heard of this? Yeah. No, you're not really not down with the pop, follower. are you? Not with yeah. the pop culture. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of that, you know, like many performers, they, they have that. Yeah. So that they can enter uh, an alter, alternate state. It's like acting. So that they can then mm. really project. And this is really important because um, as a performer, I actually have always been told that, oh, you're you're too indulgent like, as in you're too inside yourself so again you know on one hand this really works for me in auditions because I'm so I'm really in, indulging myself that I never get affected by oh my gosh that dancer is so good I'm probably going to lose my job yeah. I just never you don't get but, affected by that no because I'm so in myself you're on your stage now oh. yeah. but you're on talking the downside, about yourself you're like the first person <laughs> yeah David David is us that's the thing but on the downside like as a dancer I have no spatial awareness because I'm so here and <laughs> I'll just hit thing. everyone yeah. yeah so then again striking a, a balance so then in, yeah. in teaching um, I've realised more and more that oh okay I've 
um, there's a sense of putting on a, a mantle just so that I step into uh, being able to voice from a deeper place. But mm. um, that has changed, I feel, because now um, I'm learning to pare back more and more and more. And um, I'm trying to see how I can project from a very human place. Mm. So in the past two years, I've really opened myself up emotionally. And I think this is this is the inner work. Like I've really been focusing on that, like doing mm. my my bit mm -hmm. of work as a teacher yeah. so I can really share truthfully. Yeah. And it's been very painful. I mean, there's lots of just emotional discoveries that I'm just like, gosh, you know, there's yeah. so many things I've been bottling up. Mm. But because of that, I've really been able to feel. And um, at during days when I felt the lowest, I actually taught the best yeah, because everything got stripped away yeah. and whatever came out was nothing that's too tried, mm. nothing that's too performed and it really came from somewhere deep. So I try right now. People try feel to it, don't they? Wow. They feel it, yeah. yeah there, is, there is this like, thing, I believe, there's a really fine balance to find mm. in that many people when they teach perform, they mm. put on the yoga voice. Most people do. They yeah. wear the yoga clothes. Mm. Yeah. I did when I started. I had the mm. man bun and a million beads of Buddha around my neck. <laughs> Jade on I my wrist. Imagine that on you uh, now. And, and, oh and to God. a degree, there was a performance element to yeah. it. Yeah. Now I think I'm far more natural, but still mm. there is an element of performance mm -hmm. or entertaining, or the fact that ultimately we're getting paid to hold mm. space. Mm. There, there is a, there is a mm. job to be done, as yeah. it were. Yeah. That we can't go in and just let ourselves go yeah. and talk about the politics of the day yeah. and mm. our opinions. That we we shouldn't be bringing that to the table. Mm. There's this really fine balance, being authentic. Yeah but still holding the space. Mm. Vulnerability is important. It's, it's a big talk yeah. around it now. My teacher mm. always says, if you teach from that real vulnerable, authentic place without crying mm. all over the yoga mat, <laughs> she yeah. says that's your gold. And, and yeah. you break down that barrier between yourself and the students when you teach mm. from that place because you're not on a pedestal, you're not no. uh, above anyone. You're actually, yeah. you're human, you're messy, you've got shit mm. going on. And yeah. I think the more people can relate to you, the better class you're going to teach, mm. I believe. 100%, yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm, no, I'm definitely not there. And I, I, it's mm. a painful process, like doing mm. the inner work. But mm. you know, they say, you have to heal yourself before you can heal mm. or help and help to heal anyone else right yeah because if not you can't really sympathize or with empathize. what people are, yeah or mm. empathize on uh, in what people may be going through exactly you know and mm. you know we are so uh, lucky in some ways that we don't necessarily experience uh, trauma that some others are doing mm. so you can really never tell like no, how can't. even the littlest things can affect people in such a a big way mm -hmm. and you know to be able you know one of my favorite uh, idea is the fact that we are all mirrors to one another oh, yeah i think yeah. just by that you know you really reflect and sometimes the things that you really get so annoyed by that some other person something you need to is heal something in, in you that you need to mm -hmm. kind of look at and go huh like why yeah. is this giving a response <laughs> yes yeah. i think so too yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot of people don't want to admit that do they no, <laughs> it's like i don't have that in me there. yeah it's i think so there. too that's mm. that's uh, what we need to constantly face right and yeah. just kind of step back again be like okay like where is this coming from? Yeah. Is this just a, yeah. you know, monkey mind yeah. uh, speaking? Uh, and, you yeah. know, like people walking out of the room, like you said, they might have, <laughs> I, I'm quoting this from Jason's recent podcast, mm. um, they might have a really bad case of diarrhea. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it might not be about you. Yeah, you know, it yeah, might yeah. be something that they're going through that's... Uh, yeah. This comes back to that point on feedback. Like I no, always yeah. say to some of my students, to a degree, mm. to a degree, ignore it. Of course, if lots of people are saying the same thing, mm -hmm. 
or if class numbers are going down that's a really mm. good bit of feedback you need to change something yeah but i think whether bad or good i think we mm. really need to take feedback with a pinch of salt because you've got no exactly. idea where someone yeah. where someone is coming from no. like if jason came to my class mm. i would listen to everything he said would you be nervous probably would you, would you cry <laughs> no, i wouldn't cry but i would, no, I would <laughs> listen to all of his feedback yeah but yeah. even like, yeah. I, when i first started teaching mm. Like people said to me after class, oh my God, that's the best class ever. And I'm like, mm. yeah, it was. <laughs> and actually, of course, it bloody wasn't. It was yeah. me making stuff up as I went along. Mm. So I think good and bad, I mm. think it's important to take feedback with that pinch of salt and, and look yeah. at general trends yeah. a little bit more so. Because you've got no idea where people are coming from or yeah. from what what experience level mm. they speak from. Yeah. This is what's so great when we're able to cultivate um, the students to experience in a much deeper place so that... Um, it also reflects in their feedback where the feedback goes beyond like uh, when the feedback goes beyond one word adjectives you know like what, what best ba- class what bad mm-hmm. feedback do you get what kind of stuff yeah. so you for me bad feedbacks uh, would be kind of like that you know like this is the best class ever or you know uh, I had a great time and I feel like okay those I actually can't really do anything about it's it it's very vanilla isn't oh, it yeah. but, but what, know, I want bad feedback door. like what, do, what bad things okay. do people say alright okay so like on the on the paper I guess um, there's definitely a few like this is not yoga yeah um, there's a few I don't know what uh, I don't know what we're doing in class there were barely any shapes Mm. <laughs> barely any um, shapes all of them yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good oh, like uh, I don't understand how it's a vinyasa flow mm. it's very slow yeah <laughs> mm. I'm like okay uh, and there are also what else sometimes sometimes they also could say this is too strong mm. um, and I'm like mm, this that, that one is valid I feel like okay hmm. like have I maybe not offered uh, opportunities for them to know that there's an option for them to to ease off. Um, Yeah. So for teachers, Mm. any any teachers that are listening, what Mm. would you say is a a tool that you use to depersonalize bad feedback? I know you said it doesn't affect you Mm. so much anymore, but there must have been a time when it did. And I know a lot of people find it really, you know, will take stuff on board and think, oh my God, it's my fault. Like I'm a shit teacher, et cetera. (laughs) Sorry, mum. How would you... Um, yeah, what are your tools to kind of deflect and depersonalize? Um, I think in terms of kind of staying detached from it, it really roots from your relationship in your your, your, your teaching. Yeah. So I think the root of it is if you can also find uh, ways of uh, taking your teaching less seriously. Yes. Yes. it really helps because so like I think and I definitely fell into this uh, cycle when teaching was everything for me Mm. I don't do anything else teaching Mm. and when that happens of course your ego is going to be hurt it's your baby and anything (laughs) anyone says yeah yeah. it's hard yeah it's like acting right like if people just kind of go oh sorry I'm not I I can't take you on because your nose is too tiny or Mm. something you you really get hurt Mm. because you're like oh you're actually like talking about my my body Mm. and it's, it's that that we need to you know because teaching is inherently a creative uh, work. Yeah. You have your input in what you share, and the more you really put all of your eggs in that, the more you find it super hard to mm. to detach from what other people say, and uh, and that's why reminding yourself of the other parts of you will not only make you a great teacher, but it also dampens the impact of people's words to you mm. because you know where you're sharing from. 
and um, yeah you know just remembering that okay like for me i i'm also a partner i'm also a brother i'm a son like oh, all of that lovely. comes before me as a teacher mm-hmm. coming so, back to what's well not that teaching is not important to you but remembering yeah. the other things that are important to you as mm. well then yeah, yeah and teaching is is one part of it yeah and that you make mistakes and, and you're doing your best right exactly what, what more can you do yeah and mm. if that's like a horrible mistake just like you know see if it's valid yeah. <laughs> if it is valid and if it's something that you can actually positively change do it if it's really not valid throw it away mm. like it's people's mm. words they're all contextual mm-hmm. so you know it may be someone's bad day and everything would have been bad anyway yeah. so and if, i think if people you. keep coming mm. to your class or any mm. class if people keep coming that's yeah. a really good sign because mm. actually the people yeah. that probably enjoy it most don't say anything mm-hmm. they should give their feedback by just returning mm. exactly and that's it i think that's okay can i ask another question of course so, you said earlier about um how you and your classes you want to help people find pleasure and mm. that everyone's kind of pleasure points different etc mm. what would you say about getting a little bit deeper and and helping people to actually connect with something that doesn't feel so good because for me that's part mm. of yoga as well it's like you said doing the inner work it can mm. be painful and transformative mm. is that part of your class at all or would, is it just kind uh, of yes to some based? extent yeah I think uh, when we say pleasure, uh, same thing with self care. There's always this sense of oh, it's got to be soft, yeah, and good and fluffy and indulgent. And yeah, but sometimes pleasure can be the sheer physicality of like you are gonna jump your way up, mm. you know, to a handstand just to try. You're gonna yeah. put your weight on your hands, like getting scared. That's also pleasure. Mm. Yeah, that's and that's what I really wanna. You know, I've been saying uh, lately as well that I've stopped really coining the the term self-care and can we think about self-dare like can we dare oh, ourselves yeah just to Is go original to, yeah i never heard I that know. have you created it i don't you know you self-dare. always think you created something and then when i actually google it just i'm pretty it. sure it's something claim it <laughs> I, 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 you know, I love that you brought that up because self, mm. it's so true self-care there's this wave of like oh just let's go and have a bath and eat all of the chocolate and, and which is great by the yeah, way but also great. there's an element of self-care is like you have to step outside your comfort mm. zone it's not all about wrapping yourself no. up in a duvet it's, it's, love, it's getting right? scared yeah exactly like, can Truth you and be love. disciplined enough to mm-hmm. give yourself tough love when you know you need it exactly because you can be so easily in denial to yes. kind of go yeah I just need more sleep I just need more sleep yeah. yeah, and then exactly. you just get to that place of stagnancy yeah. and expecting Stuck. change and mm-hmm. softness yeah. exactly and often that comes in entitlement as well if exactly. I look after myself everything will <laughs> exactly. come my way I and, don't need to put myself mm, out there yeah. and sometimes I have to say I, I really want to like use this opportunity to also share mm. it out there for people mm. who are resonating with my work and I know there's a lot of teachers who do very soft based movement like I really want to call it out that people in this community you guys also need to consider uh, um, how this nature of soft movement does not put you on a pedestal yeah. You know, there's always this ego that comes with like, oh, you know, I'm an intuitive person. Like alignment does um, not. Like, oh my god, alignment is that pedestal matters, man. I'm not in that world. No, is that, there's, 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 there's some kind of pedestal. There can be a vibe. You know, there can be a vibe of like, oh, you know, like yoga is ruined for me now. Like this is all I do. The, the noodly, and I'm yeah. like, no, 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 no. Like we are not in a <laughs> higher place <laughs> just because we've become more intuitive yes, and that we've become wiggly, more spiritual. Yeah, like no, that's yeah, no. no that, for me, yeah. that We're is all nonsense. the same. Aren't to we? hold a mm-hmm. pose, like, and again, and to hold a pose, yeah, and just be in it, yeah. and bear witness to the challenging yeah. experience that you're mm-hmm. in for multiple breaths. Yeah, mm-hmm. is 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 as much of a 
a growth experience. I, get, as, I have as to say, through, I get though. so angry with you. Every single class I come to, I'm like, oh, for God's sake, Adam. Because I know it's a little bit off track, but he'll do this thing like, right, we're holding Warrior 2, which yeah. I hate anyway. Mm. And he'll count down from five or 10 sometimes. Yeah. And then he'll start, like, he'll get to two and then he'll yeah. start a monologue about something mm. else. And I'm like, this is definitely more than two counts. And in my head, I'm just getting so angry with you. Then normally I do a monologue <laughs> on the other side as well. Because <laughs> there's, there's two monologues. Yeah. I'm like, that's the yoga. But I, really, I love self-dare. By the time this goes live, mm. guys, you can visit www.selfdare.com. <laughs> get t-shirts. Question for you. Everything in terms of your kind of career path so mm. far, it's it's sounded quite magical. Mm. Like you did the training, you found mm. a style you loved, mm. uh, you got the opportunities in the studio then jump forwards and now you're teaching in really the leading studios in Europe mm. well UK and then Europe and you're moving mm. around Europe you've got a reputation for yourself mm. you're now at a point where you've managed to say no to classes I think you've mm. reduced your schedule I've seen mm. so you're at a really good place now it seems from the outside like what were the steps like what were the challenges mm. yeah, this didn't all just come to you on a plate I presume you had to do more than a bit yeah. of karma yoga and showing your face yeah. Yeah. Tell us a big fat failure. No, not failure. No, not um, failure. It's just the, the challenge. challenges you actually think yeah. you actually had to do, mm. not just people think. Oh, David, you got a nice smile. Here's a class. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, I think one of my biggest uh, regrets, I guess, was uh, with the way I handle a specific studio and how I left. I think I've allowed my um, my, I guess, burnout to build up. Uh, so subconsciously that I didn't know that when it came to a place where I really feel like it's not right I I left rather abruptly mm. and I think it's really not fair on the studio uh, on my students there as well and thing is I knew intuitively something wasn't right and so um, you know from really backtracking to my first years and um, to the studios I still teach in or studios I may have left the studios that really resonate with me are the studios that I, I knew I want to be a part of already yeah. when it's a studio that uh, pitches you know an idea to me and just you know asks, asks me to like come on board without me having really understood uh, what they're about or you know uh, what the space is like you know again being spatial I that is a big uh, yeah. factor yeah. for me mm. um, taking it on as a favor big mistake because yeah you know you always blur the lines of like yeah I'll teach for you my friend you know <laughs> and then when you do that it then like it chips away off your energy yeah. and then you slowly can't give um, as much as you, you could and that's what happened to me it got so like built up yeah. to a point where I was just like I really cannot bring myself to, to get through that place and then I stopped um, my motivation towards attending those classes have stopped yeah. and I've organized covers and all of that but still it wasn't um, I don't think I've handled myself well and again you know I learned from, from these lessons mm -hmm. and, and now you know like the, the studios I'm in I try to make sure that okay this is you know the, the people I've committed to and I really want to make sure I know the, 
the people there, not just the students, but the the, the crew, you know, mm. the reception, the group, everyone, uh, everyone. So it becomes really a, a family. Mm. And there were a few really really hard goodbyes I have to to do, That's but so also kind of knowing that you know what, I really support your vision, I genuinely do, but I also need to support my own well being so that I can give honestly. There's no point in me keeping myself in the space to support your vision if I cannot give my full self to mm. you. And I know there's so many other ways to also collaborate. So um, you know, we always keep. A, you know positive relationship yeah. so beyond that you know there's many studios that I've stopped working with uh, regularly but still we have a really like nice relationship mm. uh, and even that studio that I've kind of like regretted you know is kind of showing up and just kind of you know having an honest conversation saying look I've screwed up yeah. I'm so sorry but you know like this is this is where I was and so you know I, I really want to own up to it nice. and yeah so just you know that's how you have to it's all trial and error isn't it it really is yeah. and it's more and more about learning your uh, your intuition so you know if you're starting out it's very easy to get carried away because mm. you, you get very grateful right yeah. you get all these opportunities and you're like oh my gosh like people are asking me to teach but, but so what do you put it. that down to the oppo- when, the, when you had all these opportunities mm. and still do mm. where did that come from was it just because you were good and got your name out there or kind of what strategies did you use mm. I know you did for a long time lots of Lululemon or still do lots of mm. Lululemon events mm. I kind of want to understand the work you had to put in mm. to get to the point where you could happily say goodbye to studios mm. in a sense where you mm-hmm. were in that position of almost privilege that you yeah. built up this place where you could let work go mm. Mm. Uh, I would say the number one thing is to really stay open. And the number two thing is to empower my students to do my work. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is, I know my position as a teacher, and I can say so much to the studios, but in the end, what they value is the client's experience in of some course. ways. So if any students enjoyed my class, I'm like, thanks for sharing that with me, but it probably will be more useful if you share yeah. that on with uh, studios. Or hey, it's a feedback and form. Go exactly. whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, like just, just do that because uh, mm. that way, if, if that's what you're asking me anyway, because usually when people share these classes, they want to ask, where else do you teach? Or like, yeah. do you teach any more classes mm. in the studio? And I'm like, well, look, like I have these classes, but if you want me to teach more in the studio, you talk to their managers and, mm. and all of that. So then they become your, your, your cheerleaders in some sense. Mm. Because I believe in, okay, my focus is to really focus on the honesty of what I share out there. Mm-hmm. So let that be my focus. And the people, you know, if they resonate, they can then carry on, you know, the, the message that I'm trying to share. Yeah. And they can then, you know, so I think what I really appreciate is most of my things in terms of my classes, they're mostly word of mouth. Because mm. I think, mm. um, especially these uh, latest studios uh, that I'm currently working at, um, I am, you know, technically under their conventional requirements. And, you know, I think when they invited me, it was all through recommendations in some way from peers or from uh, students maybe who have asked for my name in some ways so then i i am super grateful for these students mm. for for you know really using their voice mm. i think what might have been as an outsider looking in mm. quite powerful for you is the fact you had your niche you had your style mm. you were confident enough to not just be one of another million teachers that had qualified mm. but you'd you, you were brave in a sense you were brave enough mm-hmm. to say this is my style of teaching I'm going to mm-hmm. teach like this I'm not going to blend into the crowd mm-hmm. and that does require a lot of bravery it obviously it requires mm-hmm. you to actually be creative enough yeah. uh, and inspired enough to, to create something that is different you believe in your work as well you believe mm-hmm. in what you're doing yeah, and you're passionate that, that, about I think it. that's probably one of the biggest points for you is of course you're a nice mm-hmm. professional person but I'd created something unique mm-hmm. and are proud of that mm-hmm. 
and weren't just blending I think it. as long as you're true to yourself mm. it, it'll naturally just grow and grow and grow and the people that yeah. align with you and resonate with you will stick and grow and your I community that's the thing. Mm. It, 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 beca- it becomes a practice because I think in the beginning uh, still it's, it's tricky you know you, you um, especially when you're a relatively new teacher yeah. you don't feel uh, confident enough in what you stand for mm. so you always feel like oh gosh you know these these guys you know they um, there's there's so much validity in what they say mm. that uh, maybe I should tone down what, what I do yeah. um, and you know through practice you really learn to then um, own it that's and, it owning yeah. your voice yeah mm. and once you own that honesty it's, it's almost hard like I actually it's not even that I'm brave anymore. I feel I forget. I I can't actually remember how to deliver. I think you <laughs> are brave. It sounds like you just constantly are doing things to step outside your comfort zone. Mm. And every time you get comfortable, it's like you keep pushing yeah. your own boundaries, mm. which I yeah. think is a really unique thing. Yeah, there's lots mm. of self-analysis going on. Yeah. And lots of yeah. reflection, which mm. is where I reflect it a lot. Is, it mm. is rare and it's it's inspiring, actually. Mm. I've really oh, enjoyed you. this conversation. Is there any, is there any advice that you would give to like new pay- or any advice you would give or like what's the worst advice you've received in, yeah. in, 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 on your path <laughs> on your path at any point okay. so advice you might give new teachers mm. or worst advice you've received and maybe you listen to for a while um i i wouldn't say you don't need to say the source of that of course yeah <laughs> i was trying to think oh, i wouldn't well, say worst advice because everything is like quite but um I think um, an advice that didn't help me was that oh uh, you you need to you need to teach the way the studio likes it. Oh no, I hate that one. Mm. Because when you get into that spiral, like some people they thrive at it because you know they are really good with mm. like uh, kind of following a certain structure. Yeah. And I, I get why some studios uh, want it because you know they want to keep their branding consistent. Mm. Maybe that's their thing. Mm. Bikram so, yoga. Totally script, valid. Scripted. Exactly. Mm. So I, I again I respect them. That's their approach mm. and you know, nothing wrong with that. It's, it's their thing. Mm. Uh, but uh, for me it really doesn't work in mm. the line of work I see myself doing because then is asking me to um, tone down to to succumb almost mm. to um, someone else's vision and you're an ostrich and so you can't do that I'm an ostrich mm. that's it I need to stay stay <laughs> my little rhythm and the thing is you know I, I feel a lot of um, people who especially jump ship you know mm-hmm. from a corporate world into yoga teaching yes they want that sense of freedom mm. you know and so sometimes it, it shocks me when they then um, ended up going back into following mm. then like what what was the point again so you yeah. know when people do transition like a lot of my my students do i always ask them okay you need to really consider why you're doing this yeah teaching yoga is not another place of escapism no and i see many people going through yoga teacher trainings they become a teacher you know really it's kind of like a fiery relationship with it after two years done gone back out. to their previous thing yeah. Yeah. because again you know it's just something else mm. so why is it that you are, are going there what's the point that's interesting I, it's like I using yoga to escape which it should be the opposite it, yeah. it should be about turning exactly. in and getting but to I know yourself I think relevant background really helps I think it, it, in exactly. a dream world mm. people that become teachers are people that have actually practiced yoga for a long time yes. but if in the absence of that at least people who have had relevant 
training or experience like you worked with your body forever yeah and that would have really helped you kind of I guess guide you on the path whereas a lot of people are mm-hmm. practicing yoga for a year mm-hmm. doing a quick tre- teacher training have the dream of changing career but because they haven't actually been informed by th- uh, things that mm-hmm. you have let's say they can't create their own voice Mm-mm. all they can do is echo someone else and parrot someone else mm-hmm. because they don't have the tools they don't have the yoga experience or the other relevant experience to create something new. Mm. Can we do some quick fire questions now? Of course, yeah. Are we gonna... oh, we're running out. I feel like we could talk for hours. Yeah, we we're, running out, we're running out of time. So quick fire questions. <laughs> right. Yes. Oh, I love these ones. So is there anything? You're quite good at managing your time. Okay. Mm. It, it, but you, but you seem to be getting better in the fact you're cancelling yeah. things. But is there anything that you would like to do more of that you don't already due to your like time limits? Um, walks walks in nature I think that sorts me out and every time I travel teach mm. that's what I do like after the workshops that I teach wander around aimlessly yeah. and noticing how far the doors are away from one another yeah, <laughs> then, yeah somehow it's so meditative because yeah. in London the doors are so oh, good, like, yeah. often and any big European city into space mm. so walking walking connecting back with nature is there anything you've bought recently that has had some kind of impact on you in any way and ideally not something that's thousands of pounds but anything you've bought yeah. that has been useful for work or just quality of life or happiness mm, I'm trying to think when I last shopped <laughs> um, I think uh, it's um, yeah it's a a journal that I've actually still stuck with and it's um, a grid journal which means I have the freedom to doodle on it or write on it and I've made it a point because it's very small it's about the size of an A6 so it cuts a me tiny. yeah it cuts me away from being too indulgent as well so I can really focus on at the end of every day what is like what sticks in my mind mm, and I've good. just like, like you know that. is it like yeah. a specific journel yeah it's quite like um, is it like a, a particular brand or something is it something unique or is it just a journal it's a specific brand but I can't remember what brand it is okay. it's light blue it's Japanese um, and I'm a sucker for stationery so when I saw <laughs> yeah. that I was just like, I'm going to get it and it's really thin as well because mm. it's meant for 365 days so then the fact that they were able to compress oh, it it's day. actually quite translucent mm. but it doesn't bleed oh okay. so quality so, quality, quality stationery yeah, yeah, yeah. so journal <laughs> okay so another one is one. oh we got Holly Farway favorite nut butter oh my gosh don't tell me you don't like it when you're out I love nut butter but what I'm really crazy about at the moment is Pippin Nuts peanut butter cups lovely oh my god so good almond butter cups so good I couldn't have them in they're doing so well I could not have those in the fridge I met them in Shoreditch they came to a studio I was working in maybe five years ago I think they just launched and like mm. we've got these little sachets of peanut butter yeah. that we're going to start selling and I was like who's going to buy that who's going to buy a sachet of peanut butter every single person yeah, yeah. I'm an idiot <laughs> and they're crazy. so good uh, anything like I was going to say what uh, what's sacred to you like a person place situation is there anything that you're like this it's like a sacred it's, there is some kind of sacred element to it mm. um at the moment, what's really sacred to me is my relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I'm really considering relationships in terms of everything. Like, as um, my relationship with my parents, first and foremost, with my, my, my partner, my brothers, my niece. That's a really big one for me at the How moment. How old's your niece? She has just turned four. And oh, we really she... bonded, like, oh. over Chinese New Year this year. And it felt especially hard to leave this time. Because mm. I was just like, I don't know how to leave yeah. this tiny being. Tiny little four-year-old. Do you ever see yourself going, like, going back? 
you know I, I don't see myself living back in Malaysia mm. which is why like I'm now being more and more unapologetic about doing travel teaching mm-hmm. because I want to find as many opportunities as possible to be able to travel back mm. yeah, uh, okay. because awesome. I'm well aware in a time like mm. we don't have much time my, my dad's turned 75 and wow. I'm the youngest of uh, four sons yeah. and you know they are moving on and they're, they're like going through these phases and my, my niece as well you know she, she when she started walking when she started speaking I wasn't really there mm. and you know I, I just I, I want to be there and I think they always say as well like when you leave your home country after the 10 year threshold there's um a sense of you know really appreciating them mm. and in a wider sense my relationship with my roots I'm starting to really open my eye to my, my culture like I've always thought you know I've been dancing I've really liked contemporary dance but what has stopped me from actually looking at traditional dances and I huh. really got my eyes opened when I was um, teaching this was a dance conference in New Zealand quite a few years back and as a token of gratitude the students there just broke out into the Hakka dance and it was something next level (laughs) I was studying I was researching master's level performance Mm -hmm. and that performance was something so sacred because it was drawn in a much higher place of heritage and ancestry Uh, and I was like all I'm researching is in my roots but I'm just like choosing to look at the contemporary times there's you know there's something founded in that but there's also a nudge of kind of going huh like what is that so one of my biggest goals in the next five years is to visit my birthplace because I've actually not been like, it's what in Kelantan, it? so that's northern Malaysia. Mm. But I was moved down by when I was two years old back to Kuala Lumpur, so I had no like no memories. Mm. Is there any and, reason why they moved? Just work or? I think just life got better, yeah. and so you know, uh, with the quality of life improving, they then moved into the city centre just to provide better opportunities for us kids as well. Mm-hmm. And it used to flood a lot in Kelantan. That's what I uh, I've been told. So then you know we get all these flood stories and I never remember anything mm. of that yeah final question have you got, got one on? I've yes. got one last question mm. what's a weird habit of yours oh a weird habit okay I have, okay this one is something I also want to confess because everyone always tells me oh you must be such a tidy person I'm the tidy. messiest person oh I, I believe in creative mess I really believe in that. So I have my own like allocated piles here and there because I just like that's how I like things. Oh, and well. but when I tidy up, I really tidy, you know. And then after that, I I, I like you know I I like to let things uh, accumulate because I know there's a history of where I want things to be. Yeah. Adam, know, Adam knows all about this, don't you, Adam? Hang on, there is a thing that pe- people say, which is uh, a messy desk, a messy mind. Mm. But as a rebuke to that, people mm. are now saying, "Well, empty, empty desk, mm. empty, empty mind, maybe." Evil or Adam saying this. <laughs> Adam leaves. It's, I don't oh, understand oh. it. He leaves okay. a trail no, of, before of, the domestic. He leaves beings. a trail of receipts. Let, and Let's leave a nicer note, David. For your students, followers, Mm. is there anything that you would want to leave with them as advice Mm. or something you really try and convey in your classes Mm. that you would want to surmise? Mm. Um, Trust yourself. I think that's the the, the main thing. Mm. Like your, your truth is your truth and only yours. And there's many things people can say, but they simply serve as a mirror and they're speaking from their experience. And yes, you can be open to what they share, but again, in the end, you know, which Mm -hmm. means sometimes choices can seem irrational, 
but trust your gut. If it feels right, do it. There's no one you need to report to. That's such a good Strong. way to end. Such a Strong. good way to end. And the website, where people can find you? Uh, yeah, I guess generally you can look up my website on davidkamkiaway.com. That's quite a mouthful. <laughs> so if you just feel like, ah, I can't catch that, just look me up on Instagram and everything is on there. And that's you at can, David Kam. At David Kam KW. Because David Kam's taken. It's <laughs> oh, <laughs> quite a night with it. Yeah, so it's at David KW. At, so at David Kam KW. Uh, right, people yeah, okay. will find that but either way we'll send links to it except to be on the website yes. thank you so much David it's been so much for so lovely me. chatting to you enjoy Barney's boot camp thank you have a good one cheers <laughs> yeah. thank you cheers thank you so much so that's a wrap for podcast numero uno uh, everything that we talked about will be in the show notes uh, Holly and I have a retreat coming up in Spain I've got lots of other retreats coming up too uh, maybe check out hollyhustler.com or adamhustler.com also I'm running a 200 hour teacher training or teaching one uh, under my teacher uh, Jason Crandall with Adam Hoke uh, joining as well that's all on my website and I'm also teaching all over Europe uh, and beyond so maybe see me you somewhere guys take care Honestly, I'm balanced.